0: Now, when we talk about innovation we are encouraged to take risks but today we are talking about removing risk so let's dig into that a bit what are some of these risks that are related to innovation that you see why should we be talking about de-risking innovation address uh, i love actually the topic of risk and innovation and, and especially de risk and innovation was something that. Um, in my career um, became more more prominent or I became more aware of what that means um, because um, in in previous roles that I had the opportunity to um, to participate on on large initiatives uh, I think it was seven years ago when we were tackling a, a big um, um, a big new account that um, that we needed to um, to support. Uh, when we started trying to understand you know we started asking the five whys and trying to understand you know the motivations about the initiative or what is the background about the initiative, we learned that um, you know the 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 business was coming from a very bad experience of losing a lot of money and um, but because they dev- deliver a product that was not adopted and they said we don't want that to happen again we and they said in their own words uh, they say we don't want uh, we, want to mitigate, we want to mitigate that risk, right? Uh, we want we don't want that to happen again. So then I, I thought I just got a an aha moment in uh, you know in 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 that meeting. And I was thinking, oh well, wow, never actually thought you know innovation uh, could be you know seen with this type of value proposition. We always talk about you know the the value of innovation from the desirability, viability, and and uh, feasibility perspectives that it's helping kind of uh, create a new value proposition to, for our clients you know, following the human-centered design process. But when it comes to um, you know, uh, kind of creating the awareness within organizations, I thought that was a very meaningful way to, to, to uh, posi- position you know, the value proposition of, of innovation in, in human-centered design and design thinking. Um, and that actually, um, when every time our team was actually being uh, reached out to address that, or other initiatives within the organization, uh, we were actually uh, referenced as the the mitigation risk team, right? Because we were actually uh, through the process by right? trust in the process, we were mitigating a lot of desirability, feasibility, and, uh, and 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 viability um, dependencies um, and, and values that we needed to consider be before we create a solution. So. Uh, so that was uh, that was an interesting aha moment in
1: my career that taught me about the importance of the risk in innovation. and innovation. I think sometimes it's the type of risk that we're looking to remove, because there are so many different types. We often think of of financial risk or, or risk of like large failure. And to Andres's point about human centered design. When we go and interact with and observe our end users of whatever it is that we're designing, it's one way of removing all kinds of risk. Because we've mentioned a few times the lenses of desirability, feasibility, and viability. And it doesn't matter if we can afford something and have the technology to build it if nobody wants it. So when we go to our end users, and so often I'll I'll work with executives, and one of my favorite questions to ask is, when is the last time you interacted with an end user? And I know people like Andres will tell me, well, yesterday, like I sat sat in a bank branch and I I observed, and I remember a specific airline VP who would say, I go and I stand by the check-in line, but all too often as people work their way up in organizations, they become unfortunately disconnected from end users. So part of my role around Accenture is to help them reconnect with the unmet needs of their end users. And it's just amazing to see the light bulb moments when that happens. And then they realize, hey, my idea was all wrong because I didn't consider what my user wanted. And then they understand their user and the idea gets better and therefore less risky.
0: I actually, I love that, Luke, and I, I totally see you playing that role because uh, um, it's something that uh, definitely brings a lot of um, value within an organization to have somebody who can um, facilitate that process, right? Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of experience and a lot of practice to bring the mindsets and to bring the, the type of facilitation uh, so that uh, can be tailored. Uh, within the organization based on their own context and structure. Um, I often like to empathize with the people within the organization because I agree with you, Luke. Sometimes even, even as I, I, even there's a leaders actually who were in the front lines talking to clients and customers, and, but then they grew up in the organization and then they are now so busy and they have so many responsibilities their cognitive load, you know, it's is absolutely to top capacity, right? And um, when, when, when people ask me before, when I was working at RBC, what's design thinking? I used to say design thinking is space. Say it's a space in your, in your mind to be able to listen to clients. to so never lose that space. Even It doesn't matter what role you have. It's is space in your calendars. So you can book time to actually listen to clients or listen to those insights. Right. Um, and it's it is an opportunity, actually, for us to be able to um, to create that space within the organizations. We, if we don't have that space, we're just going to fill up our calendars and, and minds and cognitive loads just with budgets, roadmaps and, and other priorities. Right. Because um, there's quite a lot within an organization. So uh, I think that's that's an it's a, uh, an empathy uh, perspective that we need to consider as well. That's such a fantastic point, Andres. So.